we go through these phases in life where it's like you're just driven by dumb shit and now then you're driven by other oh, stuff yeah and it's just being self-aware to know that you're not always going to be motivated or driven or focused on the That's same it. things and they'll change and i'm very quick to take things off the table that i thought i wanted but i no longer want mm. because the danger i've realized is you can pursue things that you think you want that you don't actually want and then it's like you get to the end and you're like Oh, that was a waste. Welcome back to the podcast. Today we've got an in-person podcast with someone I've known for a very long time, Alex Povey. Welcome to the show. Thanks, How are we doing today? I appreciate you uh, having me and also coming all the way down from Manchester yeah. to shoot this down in London. It's uh, a good place to be in London. It's, uh, it's kind of where everything happens, right? Manchester's yeah. nice and communal and uh, a lot of people to get to know each other. London's like the place where Manchester's you like a little London. Yeah. It's like a little pocket of London. That's true. But when I moved down to London, I'm like, wow, there's so much choice here so much food, so much places to go. It's just a lot more in London. 100%. Like, I see why people move down here, because I love it. Yeah, that's kind of part of something I wanted to dive into, because we've known each other for four years, and obviously I saw you move to Manchester, to London, and obviously like, I've seen a lot of growth personally within you. Um, do you want to give the audience a bit of a rundown in terms of like your story, kind of what got you to do what you're doing today, and also what got you to move to London, which I'll dive into in a second as well. Yeah, I'll try and keep it short, because like I could go on. <laughs> for a while you know we're talking about all the different stuff we did but i think what would be most uh, applicable is the last probably seven years so i left corporate to set up a e-com company with my um, mate from uni dave and uh, we got a million dollars from this american company to franchise it and so we went over to the us within a week we documented how that business was running came back with that million dollars launched this e-com company within a year, we had about seven staff, and within two point uh, two years, it was at two point seven million mm -hmm. in turnover, with really good profit margins. But we didn't fully own that business. But I realized actually, you know what? I can run business here. This is a multi-million pound business, and we've done it with a very small team. So we decided to leave that business and then set up our own business. And this was back in 2018, we set up a marketing agency, which still exists to this day. We mm -hmm. still run uh, marketing campaigns and ads for, for clients. Uh, and I started consulting and coaching uh, personal trainers um, in Sick. the gym group, which used to be, I think it was Virgin, it used to be, you know, in the Northern, yeah, yeah. Uh, Great Northern Tower. Or yeah, great northern yeah, yeah. area another place yeah so started helping personal trainers on gym floor there because i was really into fitness and i could see that a lot of these personal trainers were like struggling to build their businesses because mm -hmm. no one was really giving them any applicable business advice from the level two and level three qualifications. so started helping out personal trainers and then that just kind of snowballed into a real business where i was like coaching personal trainers helping them build their businesses and then back in 2020 the world shut down didn't it I think it was March, it 2020, was, yeah, yeah. 23rd. And uh, at that point we're like, okay, shit, <laughs> gyms are closed. All these trainers now are panicking about what to do with clients. And they're looking to me like, what do we do? And at that point we helped them pivot into online coaching, which mm -hmm. actually was just Zoom workouts. <laughs> Right, that was, that. that was the yeah. shift PT to Zoom. Doing your living room instead. Exactly, <laughs> right? And that worked for a bit. Um, but then what we realized was actually there was more to it than that. You could deliver a much higher level service yeah, than just yeah. a Zoom workout. But still at that point, we really didn't understand the market well enough to be able to teach it the way we wanted to teach it or at the level we wanted to teach it. So we partnered up with another company, the Online Trainers Federation. This was a Canadian company and it was Dave and Lucy Smith who mm -hmm. became mm -hmm. our kind of 
partners in that process. They already had a business helping helping fit, fit pros go online. And we worked with them for a couple of years, built one of the biggest Facebook communities in the world for uh, fitness professionals. It was about 35,000 people nice. when we uh, when we left. I think it's just behind Jonathan Goodman's one. Nice. He's nice. got the biggest one. And then we did that for two years. We built it. Uh, we were doing, doing great there. And then Dave decided to exit. And as part of that exit, we decided to leave. And so we left, I think about 18 months ago, mm-hmm. maybe maybe almost two years ago. And we set up business on our own, just creating our own program for personal trainers who want to go online or nutritionists, dietitians who want to like grow out their Sick. online business. So that's what we do to this day. So hopefully that gives you a snapshot. Um, you may not know most of that. Yeah, yourself. thanks, Profano. So I just kind of see the of uh, tip of the iceberg. Yeah, to be yeah, fair. yeah. And then um, in terms of the London thing, I've been in Manchester or was in Manchester for like 10 years. Mm-hmm. So I left uni, went to Manchester, loved it, had a great time there, but kind of outgrew it. And I'm a bit of a, not a traveler, but I like to move around. Mm-hmm. You know, I was in Wales, then I went to Dubai, then I went to Sheffield, then I went to Manchester. Then I was like, you know what? I've been here for 10 years. It's time for a change. And it just so happens that my partner secured a job down in Kent, which is where we live now. And because I've got a full online business and team, like it's just easy mm, to be mobile and, yeah. and move. And I also saw London, I was like, well, it's the next level, you know? Manchester's great, yeah. but I wanna be the next level. I wanna go I want to go higher than where I am right now in terms of contacts, connections, networking, mm-hmm. but also it's a great hub to connect with the rest of the world because I love traveling. You know, last year we traveled like five or six times and you've got the best airports down here. So it just was a logical decision to move down here. Nice. Was it, would you say it's kind of like lived up to the expectations, exceeded 100%. it? Exceeded it? I, I love it more because I used to live in central Manchester and I've still got a place there. So I own a property up in Manchester in Presswich. But Sick. when I lived in Manchester, I was living in, in central Manchester. So it's basically just like central London, which is fine when you're young, you're coming up and you want to you want to meet people, meet, meet women, mm. you know what I mean? Mm. But once I found like Lara, I, I didn't want to do or needed to do any of that stuff anymore. So I wanted more of the suburban lifestyle. Sick. So now we've got three bed property just outside of London, like 20 minutes from, from this um, studio, massive garden. We've got a drive where I can just drive straight onto it, park in it, walk. <laughs> the and then we just live Small in a really things. nice area where you've got like nice shops, nice bars, nice restaurants, mm-hmm. and there's just so much nature. Like we just discovered a new walk like yesterday or the day before. Interesting. And we've been here for like six months. And like there's like seven or eight different nature walks just on our doorstep. That's and that's what I want because I'm on my computer or on my phone all day. Mm-hmm. I'm on social media full time. Sometimes you need an escape. And for me to have that that suburban lifestyle where you're in nature really balances me as a as a human being, you know what I mean? Because I don't just want to be locked into the bright lights and the yeah, screens yeah. all day. I want to be in nature. So it's like the the blend of the perfect worlds. That's pretty sick. Yeah. And like for you, kind of something's I want to dive into in this podcast today, because I've seen we spoke about this briefly on the previous podcast. It was like kind of diving through your journey of like physical development. We also yeah. spoke about on the way here and how that's influenced your business as well as your personal growth. Because I can guarantee now a lot of people listening to this, the people that we tend to work with are more career driven. And I always find like for them, if their body's the last piece of the puzzle and they're not focused on that, it's kind of limiting behavior without seeing it. And is that subconscious behaviors? For you, how has your fitness influenced personal decisions as well as like business decisions? How has that influenced and kind of mixed in with that? I'll share a story with you. So 
just before we went into, I don't want to say what it is because it might get flagged on this piece of content, but when the world shut, right? Back in 2020. Yeah. Three months prior to that, I started something called 75 Hard from Andy Frazella, mm -hmm. who is the mm -hmm. founder of a first supplement one. company. First yeah, one. first one. And that 75 Hard is basically a very strict regime. You've probably heard of yeah, what yeah, goes into yeah. it, right? It's training twice a day. One of them has to be outside. It's drinking a gallon of water. It's taking a progress picture every single day. It's reading 10 pages of a book. And then also you need to stick to basically a, a diet that you've chosen, yeah, yeah. Yeah? yeah? So it was no alcohol, no chocolate, no fries, no crisps, all the things that I loved. And you have to do it for 75 days unbroken or you go back to the beginning. Interesting. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever done in such a short space of time. Because 75 days doesn't sound like a long time, but when you have to live like that, it's, it's actually very difficult. So the first 10 days are amazing, it feels great. Once you get from like day 10 to day 20, it's like, do I really wanna do this for the next 60 plus days? And you start questioning yourself, then you get over that kind of limiting belief and doubt. And then you start to feel almost like superhuman because you're like, holy shit, I'm making these six or seven big promises every day to myself. And every day I stick to them, my self-belief is just going up and up and up. 100%. So forget the physical benefits because I was mm -hmm. in great physical shape off the back of it. But the mental benefits of like sticking to my training regime and all these things that I committed to was just elevating my confidence to a whole new level. And just the self-belief off mm -hmm. the back of it was incredible. Now, that was the big takeaway from that is I realized that if I train hard, if I stick to my promises, I'm in good physical condition, I'm gonna operate like a savage, you know? I'm gonna be so much more productive, I'm gonna make decisions faster, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna make more money, everything is gonna be better, right? Because you're just operating at a high level. The only downside to that program was, it was actually exhausting. So like doing two workouts a day, every day, it's exhausting, you know, whilst running a business as well. And so I realized it was not sustainable to do it forever, but what I, got from that was like, if I really focus on myself, then that's gonna translate into my business and my bank account mm -hmm. and my relationships as well, right? Because the better you feel about yourself, the better better it is for everyone around you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like everyone benefits when you're really looking after yourself. Because I know the other side of the coin. The other side of the coin, this was, I think it was two years ago, I went the other direction. I was grinding work, right? Like hustling smashing work, I'd, I'd just got an office because I thought I wanted an office, so I got an office, but it was in this like basement. There was no natural light. There was like two big lights <laughs> like this shining in my face all day. And I was just doing like nine, 10, 11, 12 hour days like in dungeon. this room, yeah. in a dungeon. And I wasn't really training or eating right. I was just eating out every day. Mm -hmm. And it got so bad that I got, um, I think it's, is it an autoimmune um, illness? I don't know what it is, but it's called shingles. Got it, yeah. Is that autoimmune? I've heard, um, but your body attacks itself. In, yeah, in it's I think so, I think so. Yeah, so it's like, it's like I don't know what, what, what you'd class it, but anyway, I got this thing called shingles. And basically, it's just like this burning sensation like through your body, and I got it actually through my face. So if you look there, like I've, I'm missing eyelashes because it went over my eye. Got it. So it yeah. went over my face, around my head. And it was like this burning sensation because I'd basically 
um, hammered my immune system and then my body started attacking itself. I went to A&E and they were like, you need to go straight to the eye hospital. And I was like, why? Because you're at high risk of losing your eyesight. So I had to go to the eye hospital and they said, yeah, you've got shingles. If you hadn't have come in this soon, there was a high probability that you probably would lose your eyesight in one eye. And I was like, shit, I need to wake the fuck up. Mm -hmm. I um, I need to really look after myself. And you know, like sometimes in life you need to be slapped in the face. Yeah, That was one of those slap in the face. It was like a reminder that I can't do this because if I'm physically not in the best condition, then my business, the people that work for me, everything that that business supports is in jeopardy. You know what I mean? There's a danger of it collapsing if I collapse. And so from that point on, I was like, I need to make health and fitness a priority. And I'm someone who makes it a priority anyway, but it was a bigger wake up call <laughs> to make it an even more priority. So I'm like, now I don't skip me. I focus on me first and then business follows. Yeah, That's hard to do when you first start a business because it's like, it's business, 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 or it's career, career, career. Yeah. But I've realized that business, 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 and career, career, career will grow if you're 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 good. If the operator is like in the best physical and mental condition. Like the way I see it is like you're the person that's pulling the levers. And yeah. if you're not in the best state, you're gonna pull the wrong levers and make the wrong decisions. So like I always find now, and that's probably I didn't even know that to be fair about yourself. That's absolutely killer. Like oh, the definitely want thing. to definitely want to share again. I think it's like one of the things I found was like you sometimes need to lose yourself to find yourself. And you have these periods where it's like, you like you mentioned, slap in the face and you're like, shit, I can't go down this route. And for me, my motivation personally was like, I realized who I was becoming. I didn't want to become that person. I knew this is the wrong path. And obviously that's very similar to yourself. I think you have these moments where you turn a negative moment into like the best positive. And for a lot of people listening to this, it's probably a part, whether it's physique, whether it's business, whether it's personal, you have like a shitty moment. You're like, fuck, things aren't going right. And you can sit in that and be like, that's just who I am and stay there, but then you can actually use it to your advantage. So you've done that, right? So it's like turn the negative into the good. And yeah. it's obviously hard, but you do need to lose yourself in some periods to like have these lessons that are more powerful. Well, go through pain. Because that's a big Robbins, motivator. Yeah. one of my motivators said, uh, sorry, one of my mentors said that pain is the biggest motivator. Because we've got 100%. two driving forces. Yeah. It's avoiding pain or seeking pleasure. But when you're in a painful situation, it's the biggest motivator to make a change. So if you're in a career that you hate, it's a great motivator mm -hmm. to find a new mm -hmm. one or do something different. When your physique is just in a horrible condition, it's painful, both mentally and physically. And yeah. so that is typically the catalyst to change. For me, it was the the shingles, right? Of having that, that happen to me, it was like a big wake up call because it was physically painful but it was also like mentally draining as well because like my immune system was shot and that led to something really positive happening of me then really taking my health seriously and making sure that it's a top priority and so i do believe that life happens for us yeah you know and it, it's it's interesting that people see like these negative situations or being in a neg negative situation as, as a bad thing. I often see it as a good thing because in the negativity or in the pain or in the discomfort is when you typically begin the change process. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's so powerful. So then I wanted to dive into, you said there, obviously, um, 
pain is a powerful motivator, but obviously it's not a long-term motivation. It can be so like, toxic. It can be. Well. I think for me, it's always been like that. It's always been like, what am I kind of running away from? And something I want to dive into is like, this is the exact person that will get in shape because they're not happy with their body and they struggle to stay in shape because the pain isn't there. So this applies to fitness as well. Someone that builds a great business but loses it because the pain's not there. For you, how is it making the switch? And are you going more towards pleasure or are you running away from pain? Because I think for me, I've always related to like running away from something. So I'd almost create a scenario where it's actually it's pushing me more than a pleasure normally would. Like pain gets you started, pleasure keeps you going. But like sometimes using this as like a good level of dark energy can be helpful in the short term. But how did you find, and I'd love to hear where you are currently right now, how did you find making the switch and have you made the switch or where are you currently at with things? So it's interesting because you'll go through periods in life and I have where there is pain leverage. You know, like when you're first starting a business, the pain is you're broke as fuck. And hopefully I'm allowed to swear. Yeah, say what the fuck you want. <laughs> so when you start a business, you're broke as fuck. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so the pain is, I don't want to be here anymore. I want to be making money. I want to be able to sustain myself. I want to be able to pay my bills. So that's your leverage at that point. And the pleasure on top of that is well, what happens when I have the money and what does that look like? And so that's when having goals and dreams and aspirations and the car and the house and the watch and the things that you maybe want, right? But the biggest motivator for me in those periods is, is that pain. But then when you get the car, the watch, the home, the girlfriend, I've got everything I want right now. It's actually now a little bit more challenging for me to create the motivation like I had before, right? Because pain was the biggest motivator to take action. Now I'm having to try and find leverage in other ways. It's like, sometimes you have to doomsday it. Like maybe say to yourself, what if I lost all of this? Am I okay with that? No, I'm not. So what do I need to do? I need to get to fucking work. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you can also like manufacture a bad outcome, not because you're thinking from a place of negativity, but you can use it as a place of leverage. So sometimes I will play with that if I need to. I'll I'll, I'll doomsday it and go, what if I lose it all? Am I, am I going to be okay with that? No, I'm not. Okay, cool. Get back to work. That's one thing. Another thing that has been really helpful for me that doesn't rely on motivation is because you can lose lots of different tools. Pain and pleasure is one tool for motivation, but sometimes it's not motivation I use. Sometimes it's just like, how can I really take pleasure in this process of doing, you know? Got it. Yeah. Do you know, like when you're, when you're working on something, instead of like focusing on like what passion. it's gonna give me yeah. or what is gonna be the outcome, how can I just really get immersed in it and just enjoy the process and kind of let go as well of the outcome? This is a bit of a stoic philosophy, right? Mm -hmm. Is like almost letting go and detaching from the outcome so much and just focusing on how can I just enjoy the process? How can I take pride in the process? How can I do a better job? How can, how can I do something that I've not done before and just like really getting very present with what I'm doing? And, and that also is something that I do. Sometimes I get lost week to week and just like really getting immersed in the job yeah, yeah, and, yeah. and the work and not really worrying about what's gonna be the outcome. Cause I know in my head, cause I've been doing it long enough. If I do good work, then I get benefits. It's kind of like operating from passion, right? Have you heard of like the five human motivators? No, tell me. It's really interesting. So there's autonomy, which is someone that wants to take back control and take back, you know, control the situation. There's purpose. So you've got a bigger thing you're working towards passion, mm. um, curiosity, 
And the final one, I forgot the name of it. I think it's more to do with um, like a negative energy. So it's like yours is there is passion, which is quite interesting. Mm. And for me, it's sometimes some level of curiosity that comes into place. It's like, all right, cool. These things I thought would be everything. You achieve them, you're like, right now, what's going to motivate you because it's no longer the same. Uh, autonomy tends to be the first thing for most people. I want to take back control of my body, my business, my life. That's quite easy to like lie onto, but that doesn't stay there. But it's quite interesting because when you dive into that, it's like those five common traits and in terms of motivation tends to be one of them, but they do shift over time. So whether it's passion or curiosity or purpose or like having a vision that's bigger than yourself, it's quite powerful. You mentioned they shift. This is the thing. Yeah. Everything keeps changing. It's, so like you could be motivated by this thing or you could be like really using this one thing to help you move forward yeah. and then all of a sudden it's no longer important to you or it's like it doesn't have the same effect that it had previously 100%. and this is what i've realized is you can't just have like one or two tools you need multiple ways to 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 stay locked in to what you're doing because yeah. Yeah. at the end of the day you're a human being right and you just go through like these different phases because i just remember like i had this one obsession at one point to to get a rolex i saw the post <laughs> this was ages ago this was yeah three years ago yeah three three years ago but i had like an obsession for a long time to get a rolex for example and i think about three months out i was grinding because i was like I want to hit I want to hit this amount of income per month to justify going to get the Rolex. And then when I got the Rolex, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. I wore it. I looked at it. I loved it. I adored it, right? I was obsessed with it. And then that wore off and I realized that I didn't necessarily have another thing that I was really like mm -hmm. driving towards. And it wasn't really about the Rolex. It was more the sense of achievement yeah. that was driving me to it, you know? Cause at the end of the day, it's just a watch. So awesome. it's not really that significant in the grand scheme of things, but it was a sense of achievement that was really keeping me going. And then once that was gone, I was like, I need something else now. Not because I'm materialistic and people listening to this maybe think I am, but I'm not but I needed something else to like focus on, kind of like the Hyrox thing. Um, I'm doing a Hyrox now, which we spoke about in my podcast because I needed another focus. Yeah, yeah. But like once I got the Rolex, I needed it, I needed something else. So then I had to like invent something else that I needed in order to then create another incentive to like work hard, you know what I mean? So then yeah. I picked uh, the range. So I set my, my sights on the range and then I got the Range Rover and I'm like, okay, the dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so there's, there's, there's something. And it's not because I'm empty. It's because I like, I'm using it as almost like a carrot. Yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm looking it's... for something to like get me to do the work. 100%. But then I've like matured now because I've got the things and I've realized that that was cool and that helped me. I used it as leverage. But now it's like, how can I just be great at what I do? How can I just do great work? How can I deliver a great program? How do I serve my clients at high level? How do I maybe get on more stages. Now it's becoming more, I think about significance. Interesting, vision. Yeah, and like bigger purpose and maybe even contribution. Yeah. So like we go through these phases in life where it's like, 
you're just driven by dumb shit and now then you're driven by other stuff other stuff yeah and it's just being self-aware to know that you're not always going to be motivated or driven or focused on the same things and they'll change and i'm very quick to take things off the table that i thought i wanted but i no longer want Mm. because the danger i've realized is you can pursue things that you think you want that you don't actually want and then it's like you get to the end and you're like oh that was a waste <laughs> i don't actually really want that thing Horrible. and I, I guess it's because i'm i'm a little bit older now i'm not as as so juvenile as i was previously and i think this is one of the things <clears throat> i love about growing older is mm. i get to know myself a little bit more i grow i grow up i'm not a child anymore and i understand how my mind works and how humans as a whole work and what drives us what motivators yeah. how things change and um yeah, self-awareness is is a great gift. I think there's two parts you said that was really, really big. So the first one was actually like when you, you actually look forward to growing older, which is quite sick because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I don't want to be 30, I don't want to be this. I'm like, I'm fucking excited to be 30 soon. Yeah, man. Is there five years left, but we've got time. And it's like you kind of, you find over time, um, there's people that just think of like, oh, I used to do this, or I used to be back there, and I used to be in shape, or I used to be do all these things. And I think it's because they don't understand like the values change over time. Because they're like, they may be pushing against something, but previously, the reason why that was working before is because the values are different. And I think for me, actually realizing like, values is probably the biggest conversation I tend to have with other people I know. And also you can kind of tell with clients as well, because your values is where you spend most of your time. So without you actually telling them, you can almost tell. So understanding your values in terms of like, what's actually something you think is important to you compared to what actually is important through action i think is the biggest thing you can look at especially when it comes to growth right because you can see it as like obviously you mentioned you're more motivated by like this the carrot as opposed to the stick now so yeah. it's like the carrot is quite good because it's dangling in front of you you're running towards something which i think is quite important as well so that's a, a very big noticing but once the carrot's gone it's like the next carrot <laughs> you need another carrot or you 100%. need a stick or you, you know you need yeah. to play around with what if i lose it all just to like that's it's interesting you said that about doomsday like i never thought of that to be fair like it's imagine you losing it all tomorrow and being like right cool this is why you need to work more it's a good place to be it's uh, i never thought of that i find for you as a question kind of like what's have you always thought this way or is there a part of time where you stopped thinking small you had a limiting stories where you kind of told yourself certain things that didn't really serve you then you have a period because i think for a lot of people there's a period now where they almost make the switch and some people make it earlier rather than later. Um, where you used to think like this and now you think like this now. What was like the leap and how was it before? How would you think previously? I mean, I've gone through a big pr- process of evolution. Sick. When I was 13 years old, I was introduced to weed. Okay, so I started smoking weed when I was 13. Same year, I was introduced to ecstasy. Year after, I was taking MDMA. So do the math, I was only 14. By the time I was doing all these class A drugs, right? So I was like doing stuff that most kids of that age wouldn't do. And I could see that that was leading me down a path that would mean I could be putting my whole life at risk. And I carried on doing it. Mm -hmm. And I did it for about five years. And at the age of about 17, when I was doing this, I picked up a book. I can't remember what it was. I think it was like Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Sick. Or like How to Win Friends and Influence People <laughs> by Dale Carnegie. Like one of the classic Perfect. self-help, yeah. personal development books. And that seed 
I think was the catalyst for me actually changing that environment because at 18 I had a decision I was like do I stay here and continue doing what I'm doing and maybe not really make much of myself and maybe even overdose on something that I'm taking or do I look to maybe change my environment and and change the course of my life luckily I chose the latter and I decided to move out to the Middle East. So at 18, I left the UK, left all my friends, my family. I think I had a girlfriend at the time, I can't remember. It was a bit hazy because I was taking a lot of drugs back then. <laughs> but I left everything yeah. and it was the toughest decision I made. My mum was crying at the airport as I left to the Middle East and I moved out to the UAE, which is where Dubai is, right? The Emirates. And I um, was a resident DJ in a club in Alain, which is one of the Emirates, which is about an hour and a half from, from Dubai. And that was the catalyst for change. So that's where change begun, where I was looking at, if I stay here, there's gonna be this really negative outcome. And I used that negative outcome as the catalyst mm -hmm. for change to do something different, to change my life. Yeah. And it started with that book or one of those books that I picked up, that was the seed for that's me. And that's where I saw a change. And then over the years, I've continued to consume and read and absorb and study these, these people, right? Who put out these books and I've been really into big personal development. And it's just been a process of, of learning mm -hmm. myself over the years. And I think that it takes time, you know, like to go from one extreme to another. I don't drink, I don't smoke anymore. I don't take drugs. Or caffeine. Uh, well, I, yeah, I take <laughs> caffeine, yeah. I didn't hear it before we got here, but I go to bed at like 9.30 every day, wake up at the same time every day. I'm very precious about my sleep. I train, I eat well. I, I've cut out a lot of stuff that I used to eat. Like I'm a completely different mm. human being. It's day and night, but that took 17 years to go from there to there. It's interesting. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's, a, that's a long period of time. Like that evolution took almost two decades. So when someone's listening to this and they're in a place right now where they think I could never change, well, you'd be surprised if you give yourself enough time, mm -hmm. maybe a couple of years, you can make a good dent. But if you give yourself five Thank or you. even six, yeah. you could be a completely different person. And then in 10 years, you might not even recognize yourself. Like a lot can change. You can be a completely different person. 100%. And that's what I think is so inspiring because that's why I like growing older. Because I know if I've done that in 17 years, Imagine 20. <laughs> what happens in another 10 years? Who am I going to be then? Because we're not static. Human beings are constantly evolving and changing if you put yourself in environments that allow you to evolve and change. 100%. If you stay in the same place forever, you won't change. One of the reasons I moved to London I want more change. I want to grow. I want to develop. I want to become um, a better partner. I want to become a better friend. I want to become a better business owner. I want to become a better um, contributor to society. Mm -hmm. I've got to keep putting myself in different environments to create that change. I can't stay in the same place and expect to be different. Billion percent. Billion percent. I think the biggest thing you mentioned there was that you put yourself into new situations, which I think is powerful. You can generally tell when someone's done that. You can kind of see like the same environment leads to the same limiting behaviors and you throw yourself out of that. You kind of tend to realize a cascade of new thoughts and new things. For you, 
do you still continue to do that right now? Have you got your next step plan in terms of what you're looking to change? What's yeah. the next thing? I'll be mo- I'll be moving from the UK to another place. Nice, nice. Undisclosed. Uh, it's not official, but it's probably going to be Spain. Sick. We've got a couple of places that we're like eyeing up, but as soon as um, my partner gets a passport because she's Lebanese, then we'll be looking to move. Oh, nice, nice. And the reason for that is because I want a different type of lifestyle. I like my life now. I love it. Absolutely love it. And I'm going to enjoy every single day of it until I leave. But I'm also like the the carrot. Also using that as the a tool, thing, yeah, as yeah. the next thing for me to focus on. Because not only do, do um, I want it, but if we come back to the six basic human needs of variety, I will get bored of just being you need here. Novelty. Yeah, I'll need something novelty. different. And so because I personally don't plan on having kids at this stage, or in the foreseeable future, me and my partner have said, if we're not gonna have kids, and again, I know this is being recorded, that could change. Yeah, uh, like, yeah. <laughs> I'm, completely, <laughs> I'm, I'm a completely different person <laughs> yeah. um, from when I was 14, right? So a lot can change in 10 years. But if I'm not gonna have kids, what we've said is we need to live life to the fullest. And what I mean by that is we need to do things that people without kids can do. Because like my family, my brothers, my sisters, they have kids. They can't just go this weekend and book a flight and go to Barcelona or go to Bali. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So if I'm going to go that route, I might as well invest in experiences and moving locations and not be worried about I need to stick in this one place for schools. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'm, I'm putting together that type of lifestyle that will involve moving somewhere and then probably moving somewhere else and then probably moving somewhere else, which has its pros and cons. The pros are variety is the spice of life, they say, right? Trying new things, new places. The downside is it's hard to build like community if you're always moving. Because like I've just left Manchester and now I'm in London. How often do you think I see my friends from Manchester? Never. (laughs) Very little, right? Because we're so far apart. It's not massive, but it's It's far enough apart, right? Imagine when I move to Spain or Europe or if I move to Asia, again, it's hard to build community. So people might listen to this and go, I'd love to do that if I didn't have kids. But also I know there's, there's pros and cons. There's right? the duality yeah. of life, you know? There's up, there's down, there's left, there's right, there's hot and cold. So it sounds cool, but there's also- There is a downside. Th- there's also a downside, yeah. but I'm excited about that future that yeah. I'm, I'm planning now. What's interesting is kind of like you putting yourself in these new situations where you don't have a community there, I think, for me, I've always tried to do that recently, just kind of be in a place where nobody knows me. I have to really explain myself. Literally, there's no clue at all. I went to Bali um, two months ago for like a physique retreat at Jackson Pios. And that was the best thing because I didn't do that for a while. I was around completely new people. It was a lot of Aussies and yep. a lot of people from Bali. And me being around that was actually, there's a big moment of self-discovery and realizing who you are is not attached to who you know, what you know, and what you do back home is actually a completely different shift. So I think it's quite interesting when you actually come out of these situations where there's no previous agreed on identity. It's like, what do you want to do? So I think you can become quite moldable in these uh, these scenarios, I'd say, which is quite sick. I think it's healthy to like put yourself in these different environments because you learn a lot about yourself. You can't realize what matters at the end. I yeah, <laughs> and, and you just get to experience more. Like the best thing I think I've done is, is move around. Yeah. And it's not for everyone. Again, like... What's right for me is not right for someone else. You know, we've all got our 
preferences. Some people just like to be um, television routine. Yeah, and just maybe That's like stay where they nice. grew up, yeah. family around them, um, grandparents there to look after the kids. Like, cool, man. That's awesome. For me, though, I like to have that variety. I like to move around. And I think it's because, like, as a kid, we moved around a lot. Interesting. So, yeah. from like a young age, because my mum remarried multiple times, we moved around a lot. I've moved so many times as, as a kid. So, I think I'm used to moving. I must have lived in like five, six different locations as a kid. That's quite a lot. A lot of kids live in the same place, maybe change once. Mm -hmm. So I was always used to traveling a lot and moving home to home, place to place, different environment all the time. And so it's almost like natural for me to go to a new environment, a new environment, a new environment. So I think maybe that's why I kind of crave something new all the time because it's just what's normal to me. Interesting. It's, yeah. it's, it's the closest reflection yeah. of my childhood which is typically the most comforting stage of life, right? Because you've got your mom, you know, right? you've got yeah. your dad, even though my dad wasn't in the picture, but you've got like, it, it's like, that's your safe space, isn't it? And so you attach um, a sense of comfort to that. And so maybe that's why I attach a sense of comfort to moving around because it just reflects. Yeah, childhood. that's really interesting to be fair. Because uh, I think my first time abroad was China. I was 21, I believe. That's the first time abroad. How old are you now? 25. Okay, still so, young. Yeah. Got, I've got a decade <laughs> on you, brother. Have you? Nice. Yeah. Once I got like a it. hair transplant, though, first time. <laughs> it's class. It's uh, the first time I abroad was actually China, and it was actually for a year. And being in that place was like, like shit. Like, who am I? But also at the same time, it's kind of like it's interesting you said it because that's all you knew, and actually for me it was the opposite. But I feel like it's either you crave what crave what you had or what you didn't have, mm. and there's like is either black or white in that sense. I've just realized as well, we're probably up on time. Oh, 100%. We've got a flat iron reservation that's already started 100%. three minutes ago. So um, we need to get our steak. Um, should we wrap it up? Let's do it. For the audience, it's kind of obviously, do you want to give the audience a bit of a like, understanding of where they can find you? How they yeah, can yeah, absolutely. So Alex C. Povey, any platform. It's the same everywhere. Love it. So it doesn't this. matter where you want to go. Like go it. there and you'll find it's me. It's a pleasure. Let's All right, it. brother.